0: Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the marketing minds at DUConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. I'm Kevin Oakley, and as always, we have with us...
1: Andrew Peek. Here he is, The
0: ad doctor. Yeah, the ad
1: doctor. The lead ninja.
0: Hey, you I just want to say a, a big list. thank you to you, Andrew.
1: Oh, yeah. A big thank you.
0: Yeah, for um, making the world continue to or spin... As so I was out of town visiting uh, some builders in in the great states of Utah and Colorado, which was great. But out west, I just I can't even I blocked out in my mind what life was like before you joined the team because. Good. Holy smokes! <laughs> nice but that you are. were. You had
1: some fun. Jeez, that's a lot of flying you did. Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday. Right. Is that the the (laughs) days? Yeah, I think think there was
0: six, six uh, twice. Yeah, because every nothing had a direct flight until I came back from Denver to Colorado. But anyway. Wow. Thank you again for for hopping in. Uh, Got any good plans for the weekend?
1: Ooh, I do. I do. Well, working backwards, Mother's Day is on Sunday and I live. Good reminder. Within three to four minutes of my own mother and my mother in law. So we're splitting the day in half to make everybody happy. And then Saturday and then part of Friday, I'll be up in St. Augustine, Florida, on the East Coast, up by Jacksonville, visiting my brother. They just had their second child. And it's also their first child's third birthday. So it will be a little crazy. Awesome. Yes. That'll be well, crazy, be but something. fun.
0: Family's always fun. Family's always fun. Uh, unless yep. the family's really crazy, and right. then you just never go see them. So right. They're not, um, not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> We are, uh, we're going to be packing like, like fiends here at the Oakley household. Oh, yeah. I'm taking my eight-year-old and my 11-year-old and my wife, uh, to Guatemala city, um, to do some, uh, short-term missions work with, uh, uh feeding and, and, um, that is awesome. giving, you know, candy and bubbles and jump ropes and all kinds of fun stuff. We'll, we'll try to do a Facebook live or so everyone can, can kind of see what it's like down there. Um, but just, you know, we got to get our kids away from these devices and, Mm-hmm. What, I agree. What what kind of uh, blessed life they live. Uh, so that that'll be good but you know we're trying to figure out how do you how do you get um presents for 400 kids uh without and fly, with, fly it. with it through As multiple well. airports with little children. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'm sh- I'm sure know. customs will have no problem with the 400 jump ropes and bubbles solution and everything
1: <laughs> else we're trying <laughs> to sneak in there. They will not have any problem. I have faith in that. There'll be no no problem. That's what
0: we'll be doing this week.
1: Okay. Story time. If you follow me on any of the social, I I did a golf tournament, charity golf tournament. Oh, geez. This was like two weekends ago, three weekends ago. It's the one time a year that I go golfing. So that's a, (laughs) it's a big, it's a big, it's a big boy course. And it was rough. It was rough. It was fun. It was still, there's four of us, four per team. We played best ball. Or scramble whatever the name is you know you just pick the best ball as far as mm-hmm. going down so you should end up you should end up par if you think about it four times four you have 16 shots per hole there's no reason it should be terrible, but it's just hard and what it made me think about was in just talking with different marketers all around the world like Indian industry and not in the industry if you're not in like say AdWords analytics Facebook your thing if you're not in it frequently enough so in this case, I went golfing once a year. Of course, I'm <laughs> terrible at it. Of course, it's going to be uh-huh. harder than it should. There's all these little nuances I shouldn't. That there's no reason I should know because it's once a year. Um, so I guess my lesson that I'm like, if you're just not in, in there doing it every day, once a week, two or three times a week in analytics, in AdWords, in Facebooks, just getting used to quote holding yep. the club, then I don't know. You got you can't really have a high expectations for yourself or for the results and just getting used to doing, doing marketing. I don't know. What's the word? Yeah. And that's,
0: I, I, you know, I, the way I think about it was just every morning when I got my cup of coffee, I would come back and sit in my office. Now, of course I had to get into the office early before chaos erupted, but I'd get my cup of coffee. I'd sit down and I never was a newspaper reader, Mm -hmm. but just like you would sit down in the good old days with a cup of coffee in the, in the morning paper, I just pulled up all my accounts and I would just look through them all and spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes checking analytics, looking at AdWords. Uh, I wasn't checking Facebook originally back then, but I'd say not. as that became part of the mix, you know, just, just those regular check-ins, um, and starting to get curious and just spending little bits of time here and there. But yeah, you're right. You, that, that frequency is, mm-hmm. there's no other way to get around it. Maybe you could watch YouTube videos, Maybe. um,
1: Possibly, it, but I, I yeah, I, I think the frequency makes it easier. So like if I golf once a week, I would just naturally get better at it. Hopefully mm-hmm. I mean there might be like a, a, a sticking point where like I need outside assistance. But if I went every day, every week, you're going to get better at what you do. So,
0: yeah, I haven't gone golfing, um, since I, uh, was a market manager for NVR. I just, at that point, I thought this isn't happening <laughs> and I haven't picked up a club, <laughs> In the last four and a half years, but, um, one of our clients gave me a good idea of just, I got to get my kids into golf Yeah, and then it's, you know, daddy, daughter, daddy, son time. Maybe then I can possibly have a chance that back, for but. me.
1: There's so many other things I would rather do. Not that golfing is fun, but it's, I just want more excitement for me. That's my personality. Hey, maybe maybe
0: this is another, <laughs> it's a challenge. maybe this is another t-shirt meme, oh. uh, golf when the downturn hits, but for now, no golf right? It's like when, <laughs> when, when homes aren't selling and and life is harder, uh, maybe then we go golfing right go. now. It's time to just yeah. grab all that you can get for sure. Well, for sure. my story time uh, comes from doing those visits to builders at the beginning of this week and talking to younger um, marketing folks, uh, some who were uh, experienced in marketing, but new to the industry and some who are just new to the industry and uh, newer to marketing and, I was reminded of something as I was coaching them of just the importance of pattern recognition and incorporating that into how you do work as a marketer. And uh, kind of another quick segue story was um, the pastor at the church we attended in Pittsburgh, he told me a story of when he went to go get his doctorate, you know, he chose to to get it on the topic of marriage. And the professor who was advising him said, uh, well, here's all you need to do, Ron, is you just go and read every book on marriage that's been written. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. (laughs) And went to the library, you know, found that there's like 20,000 books or plus that have been written on the topic of marriage. And he's like, to his advisor, "I, I can't read all these books. And the advisor said, no, no, I, I meant just read it until you hear echoes of the same things over and over again. And then you'll realize that you kind of know all there is to know about marriage from all those books. You know, when you stop hearing something new and you hear just different slight variations on the same ideas again and again, listen for those echoes. And what that really is talking about is pattern recognition. And so uh, to to relate it specifically to to home building, this particular person said, you know, we were talking about becoming efficient and and organizing their day and and how things would work. And I said, well, what happens when I get the one-off request from sales for, you know, a flyer for realtor event or a Mm one-off request here and there? And I said, pattern recognition is what it is. One, we have to kind of uh, group those seemingly random requests into um, some organization so we can look for those patterns and you know, something that just pops up once might not be worth creating a process or a, or a system to deal with that. But yep. if you notice that pattern emerging of, you know, that request comes up multiple times and it's, and it's throwing my day off, then that means, you know, part of your job is to recognize that pattern and then create a system or process that standardizes it, makes it so that it doesn't ruin your entire day. And I just think, um, you know, p- pattern recognition, when we talk about looking in analytics, we're, we're often looking for patterns or things that are breaking patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just think that, that that concept was one that I had forgotten a little bit about. I, I, I do it innately, but just forgot to talk about yeah. it more. So I wanted to share that
1: with you. That's a good point is bringing up analytics, because that's really when you're analyzing You're not going against like a benchmark, at least the way I, when I'm in analytics, I don't. You're going after the pattern of like, okay, if these five communities are working and this one's not working, well, what is the difference in the pattern between those five and Mm -hmm. and the number six? And then what can we do to fix that? So time on site is half, if traffic from organic is zero compared to 100 against other ones, then we know there might be, you know, we could find the issue just based off of what is and is not there.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the problems that you can't have at times is getting overwhelmed by the amount of data at your fingertips in today's world. But again, when you kind of I used to just say, like, let your eyes um, go blurry and just look for those broader patterns as a place to start. Even, you know, just that's good. So for yeah. sure. Yep. Start looking for patterns. Uh, and again, if, especially in terms of requests or or systems and processes that are necessary, look for those patterns of things that are, are you know, you know and uh, one of my old mentors uh, used to always say a, a predictable objection in sales deserves a predictable answer you know be prepared for that predictable thing I like that same thing when it comes to, to systems and processes for creating ads and, and fixing broken communities with with a marketing approach that's right all right Andrew let's uh, let's start up the news machine we got three as usual great articles to talk about the f- let's let's just dive right into this first one because it's yeah this
1: first one's cool. I think it's cool.
0: It's it's more than cool. It's, it's, it's than cool. maybe scary, maybe amazing, like a, a minor miracle.
1: It is. So I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen this, at least on my feed, my Google News, my everything. Like This has really taken over the past couple of days. At um, Google's big conference summit that they have where they talk about all their products, they released what's called Google Duplex, which is a part of Google Assistant. And it is a A.I. piece of Google Assistant that can do tasks for you on your behalf. So in the video, they're explaining this product and then they go into a live demonstration. All right. It might have been pre-recorded, but it's a real demonstration of what happened in Google Duplex. Google Assistant makes a call to a salon um, to make a hair appointment on behalf of. What they're calling the client, which is you. And it is super cool, scary. It sounds just like a person. So you In say fact, hey,
0: Andrew, we're gonna yeah. play it. Oh just perfect. so everyone can hear Even it. So we Better. talk about
1: it. So let's hear it.
0: Take a listen.
1: how's happening out here? Hi, I'm calling to book a woman's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. So sure. I give me one second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye.
0: Yeah, that um, sounded pretty darn realistic. I'm pretty sure that that salon owner had no idea who they were talking to.
1: No idea. Even the little, I don't know the correct word for them, but like between your phrases, you say things that make you sound like a human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like that. That was super cool. Um, yeah, and there was even troubleshooting like, hey, I wanted the appointment at 12. They're like, no, we don't have that. Okay, what about 10 to 12? So I assume you set parameters like, okay, here's my available times and your Google mm-hmm. Calendar, of course. And it just works it for you, which is awesome. Imagine how many things you could just delegate and not have to worry about it. Yep. so
0: application, we always like to get to application for home builders. It's it's obviously um, oh the same service could be used to schedule a, an on-site visit um, if it's a transactional um, piece, really any transactional piece of information. It's it's not though like a chat bot. It is it's beyond that in terms of like you're saying the natural language processing, the yes. additional pieces. What's that term? There's a there's a term for like when computers can behave and make you think that they're alive. Uh, the Turin test, Ooh. that's what it is. Yes. Um, and, and so it passed it. Right. It, well, that's what people are saying I think, I think, think a- I think Google just passed the Turin test with, with, with Google duplex, but, um, this is good news in reality, uh, for online salespeople. It's not nothing, nothing to be scary about, scared about at all because it will allow you to get mm-hmm. additional, bandwidth with a single person potentially, and again those are transactional pieces and just because that appointment would be scheduled by Google Duplex doesn't mean that there's still not going to be long-term follow up, right? That's we got to remember that exactly. just because they schedule a time to come out and they don't interact with you that doesn't mean they're going to buy, you know, 90% of the time on that initial appointment. There's still going to be follow up. There'll be weeks, months, perhaps even years of additional nurturing to to get them to the point where they are ready to mm-hmm by the home and and we're not there yet. We're not close to the being there yet in terms of the same technology outside of a few very specific use cases. But it definitely is happening even faster than I think a lot of skeptics would have would have believed it to be happening.
1: Yeah, it's super cool. It reminds me, I don't know if you've seen Westworld on HBO. I have not. But it is oh, you need to watch that because it, it this is Westworld. <laughs> um, except Westworld is a I could talk about that for like forever, <laughs> but essentially they're bots in West world, but they do get hung up on some things, but you have no idea that they are bots. It is super cool. Interesting. It's a good show. Recommend it. All right, definitely on to the next one. Another fun one we had a lot of fun ones this week. So Burger King, which I've not been to in a very long time, maybe I should go and get a Whopper, but they used Instagram stories have you seen the polls in Instagram stories?
0: Yes, I've used a couple of them myself. Okay. In fact, I asked people, I had to take one of those smaller commuter planes um, this past week and took a picture of it. And I said, Do you like these size planes? And I was shocked that it was almost a 50 50 tie where people were like, Yeah, every time I talk about those planes, people are like, Oh, I hate them. The extra turbulence, mm-hmm. the, you know, just the way it, you feel in a smaller aircraft. But yeah, I use, I use those polls.
1: Cool. So Burger King used a series of polls. In a row, there's, I believe it was nine questions on their story to build your own perfect and custom Whopper. And at the end of it, you got, somehow you were DM'd, direct messaged a coupon or voucher for that, for that one you just made. And they could go in it, go into Burger King and get it for free. I'm like, that's really cool. We could definitely apply that to the home building space as far as getting research on like, which bathroom do you like more? Which color do you like more? Mm -hmm. All these sort of things. And then if it's saying remarketing where, you know, like, okay, these are people who are leads. If they fill it out, you could somehow tie it to the CRM. I'm sure there's some way to do it. And just to get them engaged and excited and emotional about a home to get out there and buy that thing. Yep.
0: Well, simply as a remarketing tactic, I think it would be really cool because when you think about um, the, the basic questions you could ask around a floor plan. And I, and I know this because we were not very smart at Heartland back in the day. We had, again, like 42, 48 oh, different floor plans to choose from in total. Way too much choice. Most of the time, builders have gotten smarter and narrowed their product lines. But it was a real problem of how do we help people like figure out which one is for them. And We were, we did a lot of quizzes and, and talked a lot about the logic around those quizzes in, in the sense of you know, if you ask people, do you want your owner suite to be on the first floor or the second floor? that question rules out, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, half or a third of all the floor plans right there. And then you say, you know, how many bedrooms do you want? And that rules out more. You say, you know, do you want to build your home on a slab or have a basement, you know? And so it really only takes, you know, four to five questions to really narrow down in most home builders. So you could definitely do that. And then, um, I don't know about a coupon for a home, but you could <laughs> certainly give them uh, yeah. some type of incentive towards the design studio. If they end up purchasing uh, one of the recommended floor plans
1: or, or um, you know, something can, like that, yeah. something to get yeah. them in there. I, I think it'd be super cool. I haven't looked at doing, I'll need to look at the tech on that as far as setting up a poll through a sponsored Instagram story. Well, I
0: think that, I yeah. Or possible. just in terms of getting, all of the answers to the individual questions to speak to each other would be the thing that we'd have to research a little bit to figure out mm-hmm. how they did that. But um, yeah, that's, that's really a great idea. It's, and again, no reason you couldn't at a smaller scale, use that to, you know, design your perfect home, uh, you know, pick between two, two different types of flooring and two different types of countertops. Mm-hmm. And then uh, rendering house could probably use their app to, you know, deliver a rendering that would match uh, the selections that they had, yes. had made. We'll have to ask John about that. It's just, let's suck cool. him on that. I like that. Mm-hmm. And,
1: <laughs> go for it, yeah. Go for it. Let's, John, if you're listening, <laughs> do that for us and everybody. That would be super cool. I think. I think an important point. And then
0: test it and tell us all the data, and then we'll figure out if we want to do it or not. <laughs> <I'm just kidding.
1: laughs> I think an important uh, an important point on this is there is like quiz software out there and all that sort of things, um, mm-hmm. but this worked because it was Instagram stories. It was within something that they were already using, and it was just like natural, like super native. Like, oh, cool. I like cheese. I like extra salt, whatever they're going. And it's 20 seconds later, they have this coupon. And so I think that is important to note, like because it, it worked because it was within the platform that they are already at versus taking them exactly. somewhere else. Like take this quiz. I don't think would work as, as well. Uh,
0: well, that just rolls right into our last news story, which is that Instagram is does. beginning trials on in, in app payments to help you InstaPay, So you don't have to go anywhere else. Perfect. And you know, we should get better, Andrew, about including screenshots in the Facebook group for market proof marketing. I, I will take a screenshot of this because, you know, they've, they've already had this other option called, uh, what did they talk about? Instagram, uh, shoppable posts where you could kind of tag, you know, the purse or the, yeah, I've seen those in the mm-hmm. wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But that same functionality, that alone, why don't home builders do that? And again, I feel like I've talked about this so many different ways, but, why don't home builders talk about the paint color of uh, of the walls in the model home? Why don't they highlight the flooring that was chosen and and, and not general like this is an oak floor, but the specific, you know, lot yeah. number and <laughs> and dye type and all the rest because that's what mm-hmm. people expect. Again, we'll said it many many weeks ago now that, you know, we're being trained by Zappos and Amazon and these other services about what type of experience yep. to expect. So, I just stop there. I just, I'm, when I, I'm going to post that, that shot in market for marketing and, and why don't home builder websites let you go deeper with, you know, we just, we're going to talk with Jake about the number of photos that you need on a, on a good listing, but why can't the photo be just a little bit deeper in content in terms of being able to hover over different parts? Um, you know, you can do that in Matterport, uh, tours, you have Matter tags, or you can, mm-hmm hover over different parts of it and learn more. But so that alone was, was great when they introduced that, but now they're taking a ne- the next step and just letting you actually add your credit card information into Instagram and just nice. buy it right there on the spot.
1: That. Yeah, that's good. I like that yet. Yeah, I don't know why either. I was thinking about that. Um, it was the other day I was looking somewhere. I'm like, what color is that on the wall? And that is, I don't know. As far as like a perception thing, if you're the one, if you're the builder doing it and they're looking at other builders as well, Mm -hmm. but you're the one taking the time and putting that content out there, I think their perception of you as the builder would be like, oh, well, they're, they know what they're doing. They know the paint color. They're telling me everything. They, they know more. They must be smarter. They must build better. Mm -hmm. All these things that you would just assume whether that is correct or not correct. It really doesn't matter, but that's their perception as far as because you're putting that out there.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, there's, there's just so much data that you're sitting on, uh, that you don't realize mm-hmm. it as the home builder that people do find value in. And, and again, it's all on the selection sheet, Andrew, and, and someone paid the interior designer and they probably had to turn in receipts and show where they bought stuff. So like, you, you know, all that, but it's not organized in a way that the consumer can get access to either as a trade-off for an onset registration or, um, And again, I know this is this is like going to be another joke of Kevin keeps talking about. I used to do that on my old site, but we had an (laughs) iPad version of our site that was specifically just like a a virtual model tour, but just with photos and hotspots. Kind of like the Bing search engine used to do a couple years ago. Um, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's just little squares over different parts and you could touch those and see more data uh, uh, about the image that you were looking at. And people love
1: that stuff. Sounds like a really good job for an intern this summer, if you're a builder.
0: Mm-hmm. Or again, it's the same functionality that House has on our, their images now. It's that same idea, but now they're taking it to Instagram. You'll be able to purchase it. And as we know, anytime there's less friction in the purchasing process, people buy more, they spend more um, because That's of right. those impulses and emotions. Um, the last thing we have is not actually an article, just kind of a, a PSA that um, in some markets around the country, thankfully not all. Thankfully, not all of them. But in in more markets than I wish were the case, um, we are really starting to see AdWord and Facebook ads uh, expenses rise. Some cases dramatically, as much as twenty percent in a single month, comparing April to March. And yeah. you know, mm. for many different reasons, some markets are actually starting to cool off a little bit. Um, Zillow, I think, had an article about the ten. Markets that you might not expect to be cooling off that are in terms of overall demand and pricing, uh, uh, r- rising prices of homes, um, interest rates going up. But I, I think a lot of it has to do still with yep. budgets being finally allocated correctly to the channels that produce, uh, you know, measurable mm-hmm. results and increased competition.
1: That will do it. Yeah. And we, we, we took a look at that and we could use like other metrics to, kind of uh negate performance like if relevant score is still there if click-through rate is still there then it's a market thing as far as like on the auction for AdWords, mm-hmm. if we're still at a 10 percent click-through rate and then cost per click is rising 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 that's because competitors are out there bidding up the price spending more and same with facebook if they're spending more and more and more demand for the inventory then it's going to push the prices up yeah i think it Only has more to go to.
0: Yeah. And and, (laughs) (laughs) this isn't a PSA because we're just like, well, we want everyone to know that it's just going to go up. That's that's not it at all. Because, you know, again, for the five to six markets where this is happening, there's definitely Another five to 10 markets where we're actually seeing some cases, a pretty significant drop uh, year over year, not month over month, but uh, some markets have a 15% drop in AdWords or Facebook ads because of different strategies that we've employed. Um, but like you're saying, if if the strategies are remain the same, the click-through rates remain the same, the relevance scores remain the same, but it's just more expensive, that's a good indicator of, yep. of the market exactly. driving up the price.
1: So pay attention.
0: Yep. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, Jake from Zillow Group is here to uh, talk to us about listing quality and how to, at the end of the day, um, kick the snot out of our biggest competitor, used homes. That's right. We're back with this week's 360 Topic of the Week with a very special guest from, we call it the ZG here. Uh, those in the know just call it ZG, Zillow Group. Right. Uh, Jake Scherer from Zillow Group. Jake, welcome to the podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: And just tell everyone, what is your role there? Because um, some people might think you run the place, just for clarity. what What is your position?
2: <laughs> not now? not quite. I've been here long enough. Um but yeah, no, I've been at Zillow for a little over nine years. I'm currently Senior Director of Regional Sales. So we have a whole team of 30-plus reps that are reaching out and consulting and really working with our clients, trying to find some new builders to bring on. And I oversee kind of that operation. I had spent about seven years at Zillow on the premier agent side of things. So I worked with brokers and agents, and and you know there's a huge... Huge need on the builder side, so I came over to the here probably probably about two years ago.
0: Ah, so you started with used homes, and now you're on the good side. I nice,
2: I did. It's 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 uh, it's challenging, but it's, it's definitely more rewarding.
0: Yeah, and the that group of 30 people, I've had a chance to meet a lot of them, and it's a lot of fun because even though they may not all have been in new construction for a long time, they are like obsessed with it. You know, anytime you meet someone else who's obsessed with new homes and new communities I mean they're just they're all in so it's been fun to get to know them too yeah
2: it definitely is
0: but uh, we we have some mutual friends Jake one of them is uh, Mr. Duderstadt and you thought maybe um, you had something you wanted to share about him and I said go for it
2: yeah no I I I definitely (laughs) didn't want to make this podcast about Will but it's I kinda need to go that way. So my wife and I were wrapping up a fairly large home project. We're building an outdoor covered patio with the fireplace, oh, the nice. you know, the wrapped, you know, everything's like wrapped in stone. Very and nice. Um yeah, we have a gas fireplace, but every time I walk out there while it's being built, Will Dudersat is in my head and it's driving me nuts. It has to do with <laughs> a a thought or a tweet that he made, which is every time a TV is mounted above a fireplace, an architect loses his wings. I don't see what's wrong with putting a, a TV above a fireplace and I don't know, am I a bad person? Is this like a real thing? No.
0: I mean, one, the guy Hilarious. eats avocado toast regularly and he's proud of it. Um, so okay, yes, we know true. there's there's issues, but... I mean, uh, here's the thing. That would have been an issue if you have a 12 inch television, like, like if you're that much of a hipster that you have a 12 inch tube and it's probably black and white then yeah, putting it up that high, a screen that small, you're going to hurt your neck. It doesn't make any sense, but your TV's probably big enough that you don't actually have to strain, strain your neck. And I retweeted back to him and said, Hey man, what's the big deal? I just had, when I built my house with Heartland, uh, I just had them, Lower the mantle height by, I think, three and a half inches was the perfect measurement so that it was just aligned great. And it was no problem at all. So
2: Yeah, no, it's pretty funny. You know, we got like the reclaimed wood mantle and all the features. And yeah, adding a TV, I think it helps helps round it out and completes it. And what else am I going to do out there? What else will you do out (laughs) there? That's right. (laughs) What else am I going to do out there and sit on my, my comfy furniture and watch a a sporting event? Yep.
0: Yep. Well, thanks again for coming on. Well, let's get, let's hop into it. Um, So you've been a Zillow group for a while now. And and what would you say has kind of surprised you the most um, in, in terms of interacting with home builders or just uh, Zillow group in general? What's been the biggest surprise?
2: um, So. So the biggest surprise for me, um, Zillow, we, we move incredibly fast, we are always innovating. We're always wanting to test new things. Uh, the builder community, I think sometimes it's maybe a little bit slower to adopt, but we're going to keep pushing that envelope and keep introducing new things as fast as we, as we can, as well as teaching everyone how to use this new technology to capitalize on so much of what it is that they're trying to do, capture the home buyer and, you know, it was kind of surprising to learn that not everyone had the latest and greatest technology. Not everyone is using it to its fullest. Not everyone is taking advantage of just the simplest things like content. So yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to help as many builders as fast as we can. And, and that's something that I didn't know that would be as big of a task sometimes.
0: Yeah. I actually had a builder within the, or, or an individual, let's just say, I don't want to give it away. I had someone ask me, do you think, Builders really need websites anymore. Oh, my. Like, because we can just get leads straight from all these other, like, do we landing pay? I, I'm not really sure what they're what they were getting that because I think I was just gave them this shocked look of like, of course, we still need websites. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you're right. it um, It's not always the innovation, the speed of innovation in our industry is. um classically one of the, one of the laggards, uh, in comparison to any, any other industry. So, but
2: that's also like, that's, that's why we all, and you mentioned this group of, of sales reps that are so passionate is we all want to help. And we want to help everyone take advantage of it because, you know, we have a, we have a common goal and that's to take market share away from, you know, traditional for sale or your used homes, right? We want to capture as much of the home buyer as possible. And it's a great product. I own new construction. So I'm I, I practice what I preach. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. So along with along those
1: lines, what are some uh, interesting or really cool data points that you've seen um, as far as one, y'all, your reach as far as total like daily, monthly, that's out there for for new construction.
2: Yeah. So we just actually just have updated stats. We had our latest earnings report. Traffic is super important to us. Everything is consumer focused. And in Q1, we just reported 175 million average monthly unique visitors. So when we say unique, these aren't duplicate visits to the site that stretched across all of our brands on the mobile and websites. And overall visits, we don't have the latest numbers, but from Q4, overall visits, so not unique, people coming back multiple times is over 1.4 billion. That's, uh, that's like our overall stats. Holy cow. So yes, we are continually, (laughs) you know, making us, or that's making us the largest real estate network out there. But I do have one other stat and it's probably our favorite stat and it comes from our consumer housing trends report. So I think Kevin, you, you've seen the book. Um, you've seen the most recent one.
0: I, I stole a copy. I mean, if you, if you are ever at an event where Zillow is, just walk in the booth and say, I want it. It's we'll have
2: plenty of them again at PCBC, (laughs) but no, we work with a third party um, research firm and they help us survey, you know, buyers, sellers, renters, everybody tied to basically real estate. But this report, it tells us two things. And first of all, it's like a really cool, powerful stat that 52% of home buyers considered new construction. So right off the bat, half of people that are thinking of buying a home are considering new construction. The problem is, is U.S. Census shows that only eleven percent actually buy new construction. Mm-hmm. So this is like fundamentally the biggest thing that I think we're trying to figure out, and I think everyone is trying to solve is how do you close that gap?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's the time issue. Obviously, if builders don't build inventory, that that puts a lot of yeah. people off. But what you're suggesting, uh, Jake, is that it also just has to do with. You know, the data that Zillow has to display, i.e. photos, videos, descriptions, um, all that stuff, just in comparison to our used home uh, competitors, new home construction just seems to, again, lag behind a bit.
2: Yeah, it does. And,
0: and by a bit, we mean like we're twice as bad as they are, right? Or something. <laughs> I forget the latest number that you had shared, but essentially the average new construction listing, I feel like had roughly half the number of, of images as a, as an existing home. And that was two years
2: ago. Yeah. I mean, we've been working with agents for a long time and we've been training our premier agents, you know, consider, you know, they're considered to be some of the top agents in the country and we've been training them that content matters. And we've had whole teams focused on making sure they have the content. So we have some catching up to do on new construction.
0: And, And that's opportunity for everyone who, I mean, like you don't have to wait, and you actually don't even have to wait for the Zillow stats on how many photos and descriptions to use because just think about yourself and if you were going to go buy a home. Uh, I love Dennis O'Neill, actually, back to Twitter. Uh, it's amazing how often this has come up now, Twitter. But Dennis t- tweeted an image of a house in Silicon Valley that sold for like some cra- millions of dollars, I feel like. And it was a dilapid- dilapidated shack. Um, but it was on great property, obviously. But his comment was... I don't know what is more like amazing, you know, this particular house sold for the price it did or that it has, you know, 60 photos you know, in comparison to <laughs> a home builder who might have five yeah. to 10.
1: And it was in uh, rough condition and it was literally it like was a, bad,
0: a burnt up mm-hmm. shack. Yeah, it was bad. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, um, Jake, a lot of people are confused or don't understand how Zillow gets their data and we don't need to get super technical or nerdy. Um, that's what blog posts are for. But you know, ha- how how does Zillow get data on used homes versus new homes? Is it the same process? Is it different? Where's all the data coming from? If this uh, the builder listening who says I don't even understand how how why doesn't Zillow have my data? Like what's the what's the difference in the process on how you guys get data for new homes versus used?
2: So the short answer is yes, we actually get data differently for for used homes versus new construction. The first is agents and brokers, right? So we have a majority of the resale homes um, on Zillow, and we get most of those listings, if not all of them, through the MLSs. There are a handful of brokers and agents that, you know, maybe they don't subscribe to an MLS, maybe it's a cost issue, and we'll actually work directly with them to set up an individual feed where we can still get those listings on our site. Though on the agent side, an MLS feed is preferred because it's refreshed, the mm-hmm. most often, it's the most accurate, and it's, it's, it's what we've strived to do over the last couple of years. But on sold home data, we get all of that information from municipal offices, as well as public county records. Yep. But, f- but for builders, there's two main options, really, to get your data and get your information to us. The first being, you know, builders that maybe have a little bit more budget around a website, they might be able to send a direct feed so this is often slightly more complicated, it does require some more technology, but it's perfect and it's, it's really like a great option because when your website's updated, you're also updating Zillow. So once again, we know we have usually the most accurate information, yep. but the most common way that listings and data comes to our site is through new home feed. So just real quick, new home feed, uh, they were an acquisition of ours, specifically with the new construction team from last September but they offer a single point entry. They syndicate the multiple new construction websites and really the builder manages like all of their inventory through the new home feed portal. And because it is our own, we're able to offer a ton of support, even if that means initially helping them get their, their feet off the ground to help you know, upload that's, content.
0: That's a big help. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I talk to a lot of people when they go through this process and they're like, man, I have to do all. I'm like, yeah, but you know, one, you saying that Zillow can often help is, is fantastic, but two it's you only have to do it once, mm-hmm. you know, maintaining the, the, the process is always easier than getting it started. And I, I just remember whenever house, the first season of house of cards came out was the first time that I had to get everything on new home feed myself. And we had 28 neighborhoods, 42 different home designs between the, the 28. And I, I mean, it, I'm not saying it was fun. I, I think I watched the entire first two seasons of house of cards, maybe, But over the course of a week and a half at night from seven to 10, I loaded it up and it was painful and then I was done and the maintenance really wasn't too bad. But for sure, like you're saying, the ideal scenario is a direct feed from your own site. The one word of caution I would give people is just it it it's not going to be free for you to do that. You know, obviously the partner is going to need to charge you some some money to do that. They may even charge a small monthly maintenance fee just to make sure, you know, because Zillow does offer new features like um, you were going to talk about in a second that that might be new to the listing and that would need to be updated. But if someone quotes you a price of something, you know, like I've heard people say $10,000, $20,000 as an initial feed setup, um, that's someone who has no idea. Like that's the first warning of sign of these guys probably shouldn't build it because if they think it's that complicated or they think you're that silly that you're going to spend that much. There's some red flags. I mean, I I think, you know, a couple thousand dollars as an initial setup uh, is a reasonable amount, but just just something to be aware of. And again, that single feed just means you have one single point of updating all that data on your own site and it pushes out live to Zillow uh, group and and they take it from there.
2: Yeah. and, And the other part with new home feed is is as we continue to build new products and we launch these things to help support builders, we're going to tie that into new home feed. So we're going to be able to support that. We're going to be able to train on that better. We're going to be able to hold builders accountable. All of that, you know, ties into new home feed. So like I said, a majority of our clients are using new home feed. Um, but we're here to support, you know, a lot of other options as well, because not everyone can use it. True, true. Yep.
0: It also has some great additional reporting, too. So. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we could talk about that topic. I mean, when I when I do talk to builders, we're not going to do this today. But if they ask me to explain how syndication and data flow works, I'm like, okay, let's let's get ready to spend two to three hours and multiple whiteboards, <laughs> and I'll explain it all to you. But you know, at the end of the day, those are the two best options that Jake just
1: described. Definitely, definitely. And and Jake, after their feed is set up, they're sending their homes to you. What are some of the most recent ways that builders can add more content that really makes them stand out? against their competitors.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I won't go over like the photo part right now or like just the description because that's that's mm-hmm. pretty basic. But we do push um, first and foremost video. You know, video brings your floor plan and community to life. You know, it's what buyers, you know, they, they want to picture themselves in that home before they take time to go out and see it. And video does that better than almost any other way. It's fairly easy. We have a video walkthrough product to where you can take an existing video and we'll actually help put it on the site and attach it to your listings for you. And we do that through New Home Feed. We also have, you know, I think it's a pretty cool feature that we, we can work through New Home Feed on, which is lot of availability. And once again, we're, we're continually trying to push, you know, the most, the most, um, you know, like the most content out to the consumers, because once again, it's about the consumers. And simply with lot availability, we're representing every lot on Zillow in real-time availability and build options instead of only representing the community as a whole. So I don't know if everyone knows this, but you know, part of our package, part of our program is, you know, we'll show the community. And we try to drive as many people to the community, but they have to go to and had to go to the builder to see which lots are available, which ones aren't. Is that cul de sac available? Is this home available? What are the options on that particular lot? And a lot of availability provides that in real time, which it makes it huge for discoverability.
0: And, and it's just part of the emotional um, pull to this oh, whole yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. it, al- it always gets left behind. Yeah, obviously, you're going to fall in love with the house. But oftentimes, the sense of urgency that drives people to take action is the fear of loss of the home site. Because, again, you can build the Stanford 12, 20 or 200 times in a single neighborhood, potentially you just might have to pick a different elevation but you'll be able to build the home you want but putting it where you want it you know that that's always a one of a kind situation you can only you can only build one house on every lot so um, showing that information and the kind of fear of missing out that's caused by wanting to go back and look at the site map again and again and again to see if it's been updated or sold or the fear of that happening oftentimes can drive
2: um, it's always becoming... FOMO. FOMO that's mm-hmm. always FOMO but exactly. yeah, I mean, in the end, though, I mean, the big thing about Zillow and kind of our North Star, it's the consumer, right? It's it's not necessarily about the builder, but it's about providing the consumers what they want. So, mm-hmm. you know, every product decision, every big decision we have is around, you know, is it going to benefit the consumer? Because if it benefits them, they're ultimately going to reach out more and then it's going to benefit all of our partners.
0: Yep. So, Jake, sometimes home builders say to me uh, or Mike Lyon, um, you know, we don't want to show base pricing on our website. We don't really want to show pricing at all. We might show a little bit on our inventory, but we don't want to show pricing. And I just total fictitious scenario, but if someone were to walk up to to you know the programming team at Zillow Group or or Spencer or or Lucy or Chad or someone else and say, "Hey, um, let's consider not showing pricing on homes on Zillow. We'll make them become a lead first, and then we'll show them pricing." What do you think? The reaction would be
2: Um, that wouldn't go over. Well, that would go over about (laughs) as well as people asking to remove Zestimates. Um, You know, our goal is basically to be as transparent as possible, because that's what drives engagement. It's not hiding things. You know, if you think about the travel industry prior to the Expedia's of the world, that's what they did is they held and hid everything behind a computer to where you had to work with them. But in the end, being transparent, showing as much information as you can drives more traffic. Yep.
0: I, I started using this example of when I was a kid, that like microwave button uh, or the, sorry, the popcorn button on the microwave was like amazing because when I was real little, I had to wait for that thing to spin around and the oil to heat up. And it was like this yellow upside down um, cylinder thing. And it took forever And then we could just hit this button on the microwave. And now I buy popcorn in a bag just because whenever I decide I want to eat it, I don't want to wait three minutes for it to pop in the microwave. And that's just, that's who we are. That's how we all behave as consumers and what we expect. So, yep. Um, One quick point of clarification. People often ask me, is there a way that I can work with Zillow if I have a fantastic pre done video for that video feature?
2: The the videos, uh, most of them. I mean, we just we reach out to our product specialists, and we can work with you to format it, and make sure that it can fit on our site. If there's any hiccups, you know, yeah. we're gonna work with you to resolve them. But no, we we want video, so we try to remove all of those barriers to try to include as many as possible on the site. Yeah.
0: The reason I asked that question is because we had someone one time who was using their phone and in the in the Zillow app to record the video that they had already made from a professional on their computer screen. <laughs> and I was like, hold up. I think you could just reach out to Zillow and they might be able to help you get that. Yeah. No, we we used know, to,
2: um, and specifically on New Construction, it used to be that you had to yeah. use your, your iPhone or your Android phone mm-hmm. and you there was no sound. And that's why you would see... You know, little little postcards all around, um, you know, houses saying what it is that they're looking at because they couldn't talk. And but no, we've opened it up to where if you have professional video shot, you know, let us help you load that onto the listings because it's just that important. We didn't want that to be the barrier to your success. Very cool.
0: Yep. Awesome. Okay. Uh, amazingly, we're, we're starting to run up on time here. But let's jump back to basics. Is there a best practice, uh, or th- what is the latest best practice in terms of number of photos, or and length of description? Because we, everyone kind of we talk about the photos, and they're like, of course, but the length of description and the impact that that can have. Talk a little bit about that too, because yeah, I so don't...
2: there's there's two things, right? You got images, and you got the description, and those are the most basic pieces of content. I think builders think of, and they rightfully should think about that. We recommend 15 to 30 images on your listings. Uh, Really, it's 30 or more is ideal, and that's what we're going to help you, you know, really showcase on there. But there is a direct correlation between the number of quality photos and the results. So builders that have 30-plus photos see 34% more page views. Just simple, right? Just literally adding more photos is going to drive more traffic. Mm -hmm. And we really are pushing... To have high-quality images, right? So mm-hmm. when a consumer is shopping for a new home, they want to see pictures that help them visualize themselves living there. Once again, it's about the buyer. And then you need to have clear subject and purpose with the photos. So, for instance, if you have a point of interest like a gourmet kitchen or a backyard with lots of recreation space, take separate photos of each. You know, Help yeah. the shoppers, once again, picture themselves using and enjoying that space. Yep.
0: I I always find it hilarious when builders are like, well, 30, that's a lot. Like, what am I going to take pictures of to to get 30 photos? (laughs) I'm like, well, you should have, you should easily be able to get, you know, 10 to 12 just of the kitchen. I mean, you think about how important that is, you know, from all different angles, uh, up shots of the faucets and the appliances. And there's just the kitchen alone. You should be able to get half of those photos, uh, covered easily.
2: Yeah, and 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 that's like half of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like I think maybe we think it's too easy, but it, it should be fairly easy to do that. But the other half, right, is is the description. So you know, a compelling listing is going to have pictures, hopefully videos. We're going to push that, and then words and approximately two hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty, you know, of the right words is really what engages the home shoppers. But we have once again, similar to the thirty plus photos, drives more page views. 450 plus characters receives 50% more leads, right? So say that one more time, say that. that one more. Yes, yeah. 450 plus characters mm-hmm. in the description receives 50% more leads and actually 31% more page views. So super, super simple, just be more descriptive. And and I think the thing that people forget about as well is, and I mentioned this in our summits, but talk about how the community or your home like talk about all the amenities that it provides Mm -hmm. there's usually a shopping center nearby there's views that you can't always get with traditional for sale properties there's parks there's that community feature or feeling that comes with new construction that you can't always find with traditional or used homes and and you know you can really you can have like a 100 words just on that so It shouldn't be like a chore. It should be something that should come natural. And once again, we're more than happy to help any builder who wants to increase their descriptions. And that was 450 characters? Was that? 450 plus characters. That's like 10
1: sentences. I mean, it depends how long your sentences are, but it's not... It's not that much. Not that much, yeah.
0: Well, and again, people don't... I Uh, I know everyone always tells me, Kevin, no one reads. They say, Kevin, nobody reads, so why bother? But again, the photos, the video, all those things are, are the, you know, the ticket to entry for the consumer's attention. But if someone decides that they are falling in love with that particular home, they're reading the description over multiple times, probably, and in their own tone of voice. And it just, it kind of cements, uh, the, their desire for that home in their mind. And so, you know, is it chicken or the egg? Is, is it, is it the 450 characters or is it the fact that the home is good enough and then they can read those 450 characters? Like, which is the causality of of those results? It doesn't matter at the end of the day, just do it and get, you know, 50% more leads on all of your Well,
2: And here's the, here's the thing, you know, it's all about separation right within builders, whether it's builder to builder or more common builder to use home. And I was kind of curious, you know, like we're preaching these things and, and I, and my hope was that, we have a ton of people taking advantage of all of these 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 great helpful hints, but when we pull the numbers, because we actually scorecard every single builder, you know, every client of ours, we give them a scorecard based on how much content they have, right? So, do they have videos, description, like photos, like all of the things that go into a good listing? And we give them an A through F score, and then we provide that builder with that scorecard. And only five percent of the builders wow. that we work with currently are receiving an That's... A or a B grade. <laughs> So <laughs> and you work with a few this, builders. Yeah, and we work with a few builders. So um, you know, we are frantically trying, and it's like our number one focus is to bring everyone up a level because like I said, a very simple change or adding photos or content, you will help separate yourself just that much more from everyone else. And it's 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 free once you're on the platform, right? Like this we're not charging you per photo so it's it's definitely in the builder's best interest definitely all
1: right so final question time to wrap it up and this might be a tough one but maybe not let's see (laughs) what do you think is the the biggest (laughs) misconception that home builders have about zillow group
2: um so that's not a tough question because we actually think about this quite often um you know having to compete with with kind of other marketplaces within zillow we're always trying to differentiate ourselves I personally think it's two things. One is, is that on a, on a builder, like when builders look at us, I think some of the smaller and maybe even medium sized builders think that we mainly cater to the large national builders. You know, a lot of the larger builders have been on the platform longer, but the the regional team, which we're focusing on the smaller builders, you know is the fastest growing segment with new construction and over time, I think builders are really gonna see just how much we're investing into their success and getting visibility. And the other would be kind of tied to that, which is, you know, why are you guys like, do you guys even know new construction? Aren't you guys more agent and broker focus? And yes, even though premier agent and the agent side of things is a huge focus on Zillow, we have support and we have uh, product and we have marketing and we have so much support that we've never had or we at least didn't have years ago that rivals some of the larger marketplaces within Zillow. And we have a ton of talent. So There's this huge opportunity, and those that work on new construction love it, and we're super passionate about it. And and I would say that both of those uh, assumptions are false.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have just as a wrap, I've always said. Sometimes people have this fear of Zillow is trying to become the the newspaper all over again, and they're gonna. And I and I, I look people in the eye, and this is what I tell them is I said, in reality, if you could pay a set amount of dollars, and you knew that it was going to get you a sale. Yep. Like you did it for the newspaper and you weren't really sure what happened. But if Zillow can prove to you that the dollars that you're investing are causing sales to occur, you'd probably gladly pay that. Right. And most of the time they're like, well, it's a yeah, dream. yeah. It's yeah. Perfect. Are they going to, are they going to work to do that? I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. if they want more money, they're going to have to prove more value. That's how it works. And so, um, again, I, I, thanks Jake so much for coming on, but uh, you know, you, you've been fantastic to get to know over the years. Um, Zillow as a whole, like you said, just that constant innovation. And yeah, you might make a change that doesn't quite work, but you guys are always quick to react and and you know straightforward and honest about, hey, that that didn't quite go the way we wanted to, and so we're gonna shift again and and try this approach instead. And you know, at the end of the day, it's that it's that laser focus on it that's gonna get you get get all of us to that to that end goal.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you, Jake.
0: We're back with this week's question of the week. Again, just a big thanks to, to Jake and, and the folks at Zillow Group. Um, great, great partners uh, of new home sales and marketing. Again, what, what was it like? I know he said a billion at some point,
1: Andrew. Um, yes, it was. Um, was that page views? 1. 1.2, 1. 1.4 billion, billion views. And but then 175 unique people. So they're spending on average, if you divide that, what is that, 10? 10 listings or 10 pages, 10 page views. I forgot the exact metric, but they're spending some quality time on there. That is for sure. And then I'm sure there's a segment, you 80, 20, the whole thing. There's people that there yep. for hours and hours and hours.
0: And tying that back into Andrew yeah. Garberson's visit from the metrics. I mean, just all the organic traffic that Zillow is getting. If oh you had to yeah. get that traffic uh, via AdWords, I mean, Woo. can you imagine having to Dollars. pay for a couple hundred million uh visits via adwords that
1: would be a lot of money um but i think a good thing if you if you take and what andrew said a few weeks back about seo they solve a problem well zillow does in the syndication sites and so there might be something to learn from that as far as navigation and just borrowing the way they do things or content Absolutely. 30 plus pictures per listing people want to look at that especially so listing would be like inventory home or floor plans on your site but 30 plus is the ideal that is so much but it was last year
0: it was last year at the summit where andrew reminded us all um that you know zillow never forgets just like an elephant you know the house sells the data's for the most part sometimes pictures get removed but most of the data is still there for sure the house is still there Mm -hmm. and and but on builder websites you know well we sold out of that neighborhood take it off
2: no. Uh, hey, we don't
0: we don't build in this town anymore. Take it off. <laughs>
1: no, um, but we might next year, or two years from now. Oh no, we lost our rankings. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's why painful. not keep
0: building up a VIP list? Why not just say, hey, we don't build there right now, but would you like to know if we ever do? Sign up. Yeah.
1: Link to related communities. A lot of ways to solve that.
0: All kinds. Of, yeah. That that's a that that's a goldmine of opportunity right there. Okay. Question of the week. Uh, last week's question of the week. Was uh pretty straightforward. What is your favorite business or marketing book? Uh, Andrew added the bonus points if you post a selfie. Any, did we get any? We I think didn't. I think I was shy.
1: surprised because I was looking at the list of people. I'm like, all of I've seen all of you on camera. I know you have a webcam, so oh, I was a little sad. So maybe next week someone will do that for us. <laughs> and we all know each other, which is funny. Um, maybe not. We've most people have met at some point with IBS yeah. and the summit. Uh-huh. We've all. So it's, it's a friendly group. Yep. Yeah. A lot of answers. Yep.
0: So we gave our recommendations uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Thais from Lasso jumped right in and said Content Rules was one of her favorite books, how to create killer blogs, podcasts, videos, ebooks, etc. Et um Mr. Ryan Snar had Competing Against Luck. Um, and that one. Uh, just, it looked very interesting to me. That's definitely going to be on my my list. Renee Garcia, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. That's a classic and one of, it is still, I think, the most Listen popular to it. TED Talk yeah. of all time um, mm-hmm. in terms of
1: view count. Let's see, going down the list here, we have Beth Ann. I like this one. Or Beth, Influence the Psychology of Persuasion. I've heard of that book. That's one of your favorites. <laughs> you have. I have it right here because I think I picked it up on a call the other day. It's right here in front of me.
0: Charlie Murphy says right now spending more time in browsers to buyers than anything else. Nice. Um, nice. But he also recommends never split the difference. Yeah. Charlie's in the middle of trying to get his own online sales program up, uh, and trading emails back. Very and cool. Forth. So that's a definitely a good book to be digging through, but he also recommends never split the difference negotiating as if your life Ooh. depended on it. Uh, it's interesting. And then, uh, a not read off a list. He's got some great ones in here.
1: He has a very intimidating list. No, it's it's awesome stuff in here going down. Um, Steve Jobs, that's, that's the biography great. on Steve Jobs. That. It is great. And then we go into Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for a Fantastic Future by Ashley Vance. That sounds interesting because uh, Elon was was he a co founder or uh, founder of PayPal? Like he's done yep. so many huge projects. There's something crazy going on in his mind. Um, the inbound. only thing that
0: matches his huge projects is his huge ego. So I'm, I'm just honestly not sure. I'm about that one, I but. think
1: the ego <laughs> might be required. As I, I'm learning to get <laughs> to that true. level of insanity. Um, That's true. Inbound marketing, everybody writes. Don't make me think. Predictably irrational. Yeah. That's a good one. Thinking fast and slow.
0: Yeah. By Daniel Kahneman. It's a classic as well. One of Jeff Shore's favorite books I know. And don't make me think I chuckled when I saw that because I think that book was written in like 1995 or 96. And it's about how to design websites and not make people think about what what is the next step or what am I supposed to do on this page? That's funny. But those principles are still completely relevant today, even though websites look Mm -hmm. nothing like they did back in the GeoCities
1: day. I think it's I think it's even more important because today there's so many different options as far as the technology to use on the site, mm-hmm. and then what does it look like? It's it's worse than before. It's like okay, here we just here's what we can do, and that is it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. Oh, and then he also said plus everything Kevin said. So.
0: Yes. So there. <laughs> good job, Ananth. You are the clear winner of the marketing market proof marketing T-shirt this week because you had a great list with some oldies but goodies and some and some current stuff, and you kissed up in just the right way, not, not too aggressive, not too, not too shy. So congratulations, sir. We'll get that t-shirt off and over to you. And this week's question of the week, Andrew is what?
1: It is. How often are you able to get out to visit communities or homes that you are marketing for? And is that time well spent or not? That's a good question.
0: Yeah, this one came to me again. I spent time with some younger folks and and it was kind of like, um, you know, I remember the graphic designer that I worked with um, in Pittsburgh. I think it was like two years into working with her after I had started. And she made a comment about she had never been in one of our homes. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what a terrible We're right now. boss. Yeah, I think that's what we I think we, we went to and toured a house and then went out to lunch. But like some people never go out in the field. And then we have other people in marketing who are trying to do like a quasi sales manager role where they're having mm. Someone told me they have like yep. a weekly one-on-one meeting with every sales rep. And I think, oh, my goodness. goodness. Oh, my. Um, That's I don't like know after about week. That. That's crazy. Yeah. But um, my answer to this question when I was a builder was I, I would try to spend at least half a day a week in the field, whether that was grabbing imagery or video of, of inventory or stuff on the run that I needed to get um, to keep the site updated and current. Uh, sometimes it was just to check on uh, sales office and set up uh, models under construction, meet with decorators. But oftentimes, too, just to connect with salespeople, um, not once a week, but you know, I would try to get out to see each person once a quarter, at, at least every six months, just for a relationship and to, you know, you can get a lot from, from analytics, you can get a lot from the CRM, um, mm-hmm. but getting face-to-face and, and understanding their specific perspective on what's going on in the community is also always helpful.
1: That's right.
0: So let us know what you think. Are you, are you chained to your desk and you never leave? You're just meetings all the time. Or do you avoid the office like the plague and try to stay out in the field? How's that <laughs> working for you? I think some the people like that. Acid? They like the drive. For sure. For sure. Well, if you've got some good podcasts to listen to, why not?
1: That's true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs>
0: More audible books. Yep. All right, well that'll do it for this week. Again, for all of our published articles in Professional Builder Magazine, blog posts, videos, and more. Check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with all of us at do you convert. Uh Andrew, myself, Mike Lyon, Jen Barkin, and Jackie Askews, and we have cool. someone else joining the team. I don't think we can say her name Not just yet. yet. Um, in a yeah weeks. she has put in her notice i'm not sure if everyone at the company knows that she's leaving so we don't want to say her name but we are super excited we're going to have yes. a new addition to the do you convert family that we're excited to to share with all of you very soon but uh once she is on there that will also be the best place to get to know her better as well that'll do it <laughs> that will have do a it. great rest of the week we'll see you next time
1: thanks